Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasnow. What you are about to hear is one of seven keynote lessons from our 2022 Commune Wellness Summit, which featured more than 30 world-renowned teachers sharing their insights on a wide range of wellness topics. Now, my hope is that by the end of this extended lesson, you will have discovered at least one aspect of your life that you feel motivated to support with more love, more attention, and more balance. Now that insight will be different for each person or even each time that you listen. And this is one facet of why I called this company Commune, because exposure to a multitude of ideas, you could say a biodiversity of ideas, is how we develop individually and thus as a collective. Now, each of these teachers has a full-length course available on Commune. So if you are inspired to go deeper, I highly encourage you to sign up for a free 14-day trial of Commune membership at onecommune.com slash trial. You will find more than 100 courses on personal development, health, yoga, meditation, and social impact, as well as the full seven-day wellness summit. So without further delay, here is the seventh and final lesson from our 2022 Commune Wellness Summit titled Setting Intentions and Living Your Purpose. Welcome. Today's lesson is an opportunity to think deeply about your purpose and intention in life. And it's a big question and one that we tend to ignore as we scurry through the daily world of the 10,000 things. But without purpose, intention, and direction, all of our efforts can feel aimless. To quote former President John F. Kennedy, efforts and courage are not enough without purpose and direction. And to layer on top of that, are the goals we set worthy of our dedicated attention? We'll dig into that a bit later in this lesson. But to begin, we will start with Brendan Burchard on the fundamental importance of purpose in our lives. Brendan is a number one New York Times bestselling author and the world's leading high performance coach. This lesson asks the tough questions necessary to connect you with the unique driving force in your life. I will let Brendan explain. We're going to talk today about purpose as wellness, because when we all feel connected to something that's larger than ourselves, or we can explain things through purpose, we feel better in the moment. And this is a big, big breakthrough for people. And I know you're gonna love the tactics I'm gonna share with you on this one. So in the session, what I'd love to cover for you is how to connect with purpose and also kind of how to find it. Because people struggle with that. Because a lot of people say, well, Brenda, I, I just don't know what my purpose is. And I don't really know what I'm about. Or they say, well, Brendan, I don't understand the purpose of why this terrible thing happened to me. Why is the world so unfair? If you're not happy or if you're not performing well, there's something going on with your wellness. So this is one of those ones for people that, you know what, they're really smart, they're really giving, but at work, they don't do anything, you know? 
or they're somebody who feels like they're really capable in life, but they feel lost, or they feel like they're going through their day and they're just like, I just don't, I don't know, Brett, it doesn't feel fulfilling or, or, or magical, but I, I'm doing work with other people and they seem to be cool. What's the difference? The difference is usually some level of connection to purpose. So let's talk about it. We have all been given some beautiful and obvious hints about what our purpose might entail in some way. And these are very observable, very like, like ethnographic. You can see it, you can see it, you can feel it, you can experience it. Like these things are just true. No matter what your spiritual beliefs are, these are super obvious. And I always think like maybe the purpose is tied into the everyday obvious, you know? So I think there's three things, three hints we've been given about maybe the purpose of life or maybe the purpose of how we could experience our day. And that might be a guiding framework for you to find your own unique specific one. And that tells the first idea here of purpose is that I think the hint we've all been given in a world where, you know, out of 7 billion people, you're not like anyone else that you specifically, your genetic makeup, your DNA, the way that your personality works, the way that you measure on tests, the way that you interact with other people, it's actually genuinely unique across 7 billion people. Like it might just, it might be close to some other people, but it's just a little bit off, right? And that little, that little bit off tells towards the uniqueness of who you are. Out of 7 billion people, there's you, okay? At a statistical level, that is so unbelievable. It is so uh, like extraordinary that we have to take that as a hint that says, hey, I, I made this universe, I made this world, I made this planet, and oh, hey, by the way, there's seven billion of you, but you're unique. What do you think the hint is there? I think the hint is there. Part of our purpose is to live our unique lives, live our unique selves, forge our unique paths in life. And what ends up happening is at an existential level, when we're miserable, it's because we're not doing that. We're trying to be somebody else or do our career like other people do it or follow the leader and follow the leader and follow the leader and never be the leader. What happens is when we get disconnected from purpose is often because we're mimicking and copying other people and missing the big hint. Part of the purpose was, A, I made you different, so be different. Celebrate that difference. If you want to feel more alive, if you want your well-being to come to fruition, celebrate the difference of what you are. Be yourself and express that more often. If you've been feeling like, ah, I don't know, I just, I don't feel connected to, you know, purpose yet. You're the purpose you're not connected to yourself. You're not being yourself. To, though, to thyself be true. And you're not doing that. And lack of purpose, it, you're, sometimes you're looking too big. You're thinking like some cosmic, esoteric reason for it all when the hint was, dude, you're different than anybody else. Be that. Live in that. Celebrate that. And when you do, watch your life come to life. Watch your energy increase. And what happens when your energy increases, your motivation increases? What happens when your motivation increases? You're more congruent, you're more connected, you're more giving and contributing. So that's the first piece. I don't know what that means for you specifically, but the hint is insanely obvious. 
you're different. So be that and celebrate it. And man, stop apologizing for it. Part of the reason we get disconnected from overall sense of purpose is we don't recognize ourselves in the overall flow of the universe or the overall organization that we work for or our overall family. We've lost ourselves in all of that. And because we're unsure of ourselves, what we do is we apologize. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I'm so different. I, I'm sorry I didn't participate there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you keep apologizing for your goals, your thoughts, your dreams, what you really want, the level of income that you want, the level of difference you want to make, if you keep apologizing for that, you are minimizing yourself. And when you minimize yourself in a world that said, you're different out of seven billion people, you are minimizing purpose. No wonder you don't feel purpose when you keep minimizing yourself. Because when you minimize self, you minimize purpose. So stop apologizing, own who you are, celebrate it, and let that thing fly. Let you be you. Let you be so remarkably different that you celebrate that versus apologizing for it. When you find your unique lane in life, suddenly life has purpose. That's the first hint we've been given. I think the second hint that we've been given is out of 7 billion people, yeah, we're all different, but as a species, we can't make it without each other. And the universal value across all cultures in the world of human recorded anthropologic time has been one thing, love. That's it, connection with other people. Whether you call it connection with the tribe or love of the mother or love of the father or love of the persons around you, human beings have a unique heartfelt connection with other people. And it's not like just like, you know, you know fairy tale stuff. It's actually a human-based need, you know, an infant dies without her mother. Like we have to have that connection and that closeness. In psychology, if you study attachment theory, that, that when you're growing up, the closer and more authentic and caring your relationships, literally the healthier you are later on. Healthier mental health, healthier physiologically, you live longer and you succeed in your career more, you get better grades. Almost every positive outcome that they measure in psychology can come from, okay, were you cared for? That's a deep human need. And what we don't realize is we're not just a reactive, passive member of that that the hint that we've been given in terms of purpose is, hey, y'all, you can't live without each other. So maybe the hint is part of our purpose is to care for one another. Part of our purpose is that stuff that we talk about, kindness, compassion, empathy, love. That stuff comes from a realization that, hey, we need each other. And why do we need each other? Who knows? Was it God who said, hey, Seven billion of it. You can't live without each other. And if you can't live with each other, you'll destroy each other and that'll be the end of it. So, hey, take care of each other. Whether you call it God, universe, luck, cosmos, or the crazy reality of our species that we need each other, that we can't advance without each other, and that in fact, without each other, we will destroy each other. Because in almost all pain in life, where does most suffering come from? Separation. It comes from when we go, she's not like me, I judge her, I hate her. They're not like me, I judge them, nuke them, right? That's the separation. When we make ourselves different and we forget that, yes, we're unique, but we need each other. 
and that we're, our job is to celebrate the uniqueness in others, just like we want to celebrate of ourselves, and that we want to care for others because as we care for others, we grow both as a species and as humans. Like we know that psychologically and sociologically. So what does that mean? I think the hint says, let's take care of each other. And if we don't take care of each other, then what ends up happening is when you feel a disconnect from others, you sense less purpose of life. Let me say it again. When you feel a disconnect from others, you feel less purpose in life. Sociologically, we know that from both assessments with others and basically like basic good old-fashioned ethnographic research is that people really do sense purpose more when they feel connected more. So what's your purpose? Brendan, what's my purpose? Connect more deeply with the people around you. Create more positive emotions, memories, and activities with the people around you. You want to feel purposeful again? It lies in the relationships right in front of your nose, man. It's right there. You're not seeing the people in front of you. You're not giving them enough appreciation, gratitude, love, kindness, compassion, and empathy. And I know that sounds really judgmental to say, but I struggle with it too, right? We're all busy. It's easy to just like zoom through the day. But ultimately, if you're lacking a sense of purpose in life, stop looking to your career and start looking to the people in front of your face because that's where it starts. It starts with how you're showing up and that's the people in front of your face, man. You're looking way too cosmic and that's why you're not happy. We need you to look inside. Who am I? What's unique about me? Let me celebrate that and express that. And how about this person over here? Let me celebrate, express, understand, give empathy and champion them because when you champion other people and you have compassion with other people, you feel purpose. That's just a big hint. I think the Third big hint we've been given is so simple. Out of all these unique individuals we're connected to, they all got lots of problems. Oh my God, they're so, they all got issues and turmoil and problems and they all need each other. So maybe the hint is we have to find our way of being of service to other people. A lot of reason people don't feel purpose in their life is because they haven't figured out what meaningful ways they can be of service to other people. How can I add value to other people? How can I help people solve their problems or be of service to them when they are in need or in challenge or in frustration? How can I do something that's good for this team or this organization versus what can I get from this team or organization, right? We've all been taught biblically, ask, and you shall receive, and I think that's absolutely true, but we also know give and you shall receive. Give and you shall complete. Give and you shall fulfill. And so I think it's really important for us to realize that when we feel like, you know, Brendan, I'm doing everything you're saying. I'm unique, I'm me, I express myself, I tell the world what I think, feel, want, need, desire. You know, I, I, I treat other people with real kindness and compassion. I have deep relationships, but I'm still not feeling purpose it's because the way that you spend the hours of your day, you have not learned to create meaning in, draw meaning in, or set the intention to give meaning to. And so what we do is we bumble through the activities of the day, taking no note of the reason why what we are doing is important. That's what we have to teach ourselves. As you teach your kid math, and you're struggling with your purpose in life, ask, why is it important 
that I'm teaching my son math right now. What's the reason that I'm doing this is going to be helpful? You know, you, you're, you're doing that silly project at work where the boss asks for a big slide deck and you gotta create it overnight. You're like, ah, oh, if I have to do PowerPoint and Keynote again, I'm gonna pull out my eyes. It's your job to go, why is it important that I complete this and actually get it to my boss because what will the boss do it and how will that impact the company and ensure my security and my future and the future abundance I have in this role. Like we have to challenge ourselves as humans to see the meaning and the connectedness to the value string that we're going to create if we're going to feel purpose. Does that make sense? If we just go through the activities and we never ask, what's the meaning of this? Why am I doing this? We won't see why what we are doing is solving a problem, adding a value, supporting somebody, championing somebody, making some magic kind of happen in the world. And the more you are disconnected with the magic that you are creating in the world, even the little simple things, the more you feel cheated from purpose. We find purpose in looking at our activities and asking, how does this contribute? How does this matter to the whole? When we separate our activities from the whole, we start to feel less meaning, less connection, and ultimately more frustration, and ultimately more like anxiety that what we do doesn't matter. And so what's the solve? You've got to teach yourself that mental activity of the self-talk that says, why is what I'm doing helping? Why is what I'm doing here contributing? How is what I'm doing adding value to people? And if we can teach that, we can change our lives. Now, I know whenever I talk about purpose that you know everyone has a unique one, but I really believe that those are the three big hints that we have been granted in our lives. Everyone's unique, so be unique. Everyone's connected and driven by love, so connect and love. Everyone has problems and challenges and this world can't survive without solving those problems and challenges. So be a person who does that but feels it along the way by asking the reason why what you're doing contributes to the whole. What I can tell you is if you don't find a meaning, it will hurt your wellness. If you don't find something to do with that input, because ultimate bad things that happen in the world, that's an input. How we react and what we do with that input dictates the quality of our mental health and dictates the outcome of our life. All I can ask you is what are you gonna do with that? That's it. I think the worst thing we can do sometimes is say, what's the purpose of this? What's the reason this terrible thing happened? And what we do is we get caught in negative self-talk and the story and this bad narrative over and over. Well, that happened to me because of these, and what we do is we over and over spiral into this negative abyss. It's like we drown in a pool of pessimism because we can't figure out why this terrible thing happened. I lost my father, one of my great influences in life, someone who I, just, I can't describe the connection of heart and spirit that I had with my dad. I lost him. I knew that if I asked, why did he have to die? Why did he have to get cancer? Why did it have to happen at this time of my life? Why is he not going to meet my sister's next baby? Why is mom going to be left alone? Why are we all going to have to work harder to make sure mom's taken care of now? Why didn't he get his pension? Why did he get shot up in Vietnam? 
Why did this happen? Like I, I could go on and on and on and on in this story, right? And it wouldn't be productive. So maybe instead of saying, what's the purpose of, and what's the reason all that stuff happened, we ask a higher quality of question. What if in all that negativity or all that challenge or all that turmoil or all that chaos or all those bad things that happen, instead of saying, why did it happen? We asked, what are the things that I can do in my future to be a good human because that happened? What can I do in my future to be a good human because my dad passed away? Well, I guess I could, I could carry on his values. I, I, I guess I could do what he would want me to do, take care of mom. Uh, I guess that I could, you know, teach people some of the things he taught me. Well, Brendan, you know, I, I, you don't understand, I was disabled. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of people who've been disabled. And I can share, I don't have the answer. And like I told you, I don't have the, hol- the, the, the solace to give either. I don't know how to do it. I'm not there with you now, I can't give you a hug. But I, as I've worked with people who've had the most tragic and terrible things happen in their lives, as I spent 13 years at people's bedsides as they were passing away in hospice, I got no question that if you ask the right questions, you can deal with the traumas and the challenges in more productive and healthy ways for yourself and the people around you. So with whatever has happened, okay, how can you take that? And what's the way that you can use that to be a good human? So I'm not here to tell you, my friend, what your purpose is, but I can tell you there's been hints. You're unique. We're all connected. We all got problems and we need each other. We all got challenges and turmoils and problems of the past. And all we can do is, how can I use that to be a better human? I hope that serves you in this session today. And I'd love for you to think about what, what is, do, do you know what might be parts of your purpose? Because everyone watching this, you might sense maybe your purpose is to be a great mom, or maybe at a tactical level, your purpose is to be a great leader, or maybe you have some other, like, what is it for you? Like, how do you think of purpose and what might be yours? Or what way have you taken purpose and drawn purpose or given purpose based on something that was traumatic or wasn't good that you didn't want that might inspire this community right here? It's why we're here, is to share and learn and grow together. So please share your stories. I can't wait to read them. This is one of my favorite topics in the world. And I celebrate you one more time for just being here because this is part of my purpose, is to be here with you talking about yours. I love how Brendan reminds us to make choices that connect us to the whole, to serve others, and that this is how we find deep meaning and purpose. This excerpt is from his course, the Wellness Masterclass in Commune Membership. In that program, Brendan teaches you how to set goals, align your priorities, and ultimately focus on what matters most in your life. Where Brendan is eminently practical, our next guest brings us a more metaphysical flavor to this discussion of purpose. Deepak Chopra is the co-founder of the Chopra Center for Wellbeing, the founder of the Chopra Foundation, and a world-renowned pioneer in integrative medicine and personal transformation. In this lesson, Deepak teaches that our desires cannot be ignored. They can only be fulfilled or transcended. Desire is pure potentiality seeking manifestation. 
It is an inherent property of consciousness as it moves from the unmanifest to the manifest, from the invisible to the visible, from the spiritual into the material. Now it's a bit of a philosophical tangle, but as you delve into the true nature of your desires, you might get a clearer glimpse of who you actually are. Here's Deepak Chopra. Give up your desire, your compulsion, which you can't, but once in a while you can do it. Give up your compulsion to label things, define them, describe them, create story and meaning out of them, and just be aware of experience. Who is having this experience? What is having this experience? And then have the awareness of awareness. What is the awareness of awareness? It's the awareness of yourself. Not as the mind, but as the observer of the mind. Not as the body, but as the observer of the body. Not as the world, but as the observer of the world. Turning inward. I'm using this loosely, this word inward, because there's no inner, there's no outer. It's just consciousness bubbling itself with the kaleidoscope of what we call qualia, Q-U-A-L-I, qualities of consciousness. The rest is a human story, good one. With that human story, we're able to create science and send people to, to uh, the moon, send a rover to Mars, explore intergalactic space. All the while, all we are doing is expanding the dream in consciousness. The dream includes mind and body. First thing is to shift your awareness, be a silent witness. Second thing is to really, in that stillness, ask yourself, what do I want? It's a very important question. What do I want? And who am I that has this want or this desire? Who am I? We've already said. You're the silent witness, infinite being. So if you are a silent witness, infinite being, first of all, can any finite desire fulfill you? Answer should be obvious. All finite desires come and go, disappear, followed by other desires. Now, psychologists, um, mythologists, philosophers have all talked about this idea, who am I, what do I want? I said to you, if you can think about it, you can conceptualize it, visualize it, see it, perceive it, it's not you. You is the source of all of that. Okay, dimensionless, infinite. So the infinite modifies itself as finite experiences, and as soon as those finite experiences are fulfilled, it then expands its experiences, wanting other finite experiences, and other, and other, and other. There's no end to finite experiences, and there's no fulfillment, ultimately, in those finite experiences, because they come and disappear 
in the twinkling of an eye, like a flash of lightning in the sky. So you have to go in deep into reflection. Who am I? What is my deepest desire? What is my purpose? How do I serve? But why do I do what I do? And what am I grateful for? Now, having embarked on this journey for 30 years, I have the answers for myself, and I'll share it with you. Who am I? I'm an infinite being having finite experiences. What do I want? Total self-realization, to know myself in every experience as the infinite having a local experience. That's what I want, to know that I'm creating these experiences and therefore I have a choice. What is my purpose? To not be bamboozled by form and phenomena, which is my own creation. My true purpose is to be an infinite, spontaneous creator. What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for existence. The fact that I exist, both as invisible existence and visible existence. I didn't ask. It's here. Existence is here. Eternal existence, invisible existence, and temporal existence, visible existence, are both here right now. So for me, who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? What am I grateful for? All actually comes to self-realization. But along the way, there are what Abraham Maslow in the West and what Eastern philosophers in the East called desires, which are usually symbolized as chakras. So the first chakra is survival, safety, and sexuality, because after all, it is the sexual impulse that leads to survival and propagation of species. The second need in humans has become achievement and success and the fulfillment of goals, usually material goals. But then there's the third need that spontaneously comes, which is love and the sense of belonging, because you can have everything you want, but if you don't feel you belong, then it's meaningless. Third need. Fourth need is true self-esteem, going beyond the ego mind and knowing yourself as the source of all existence. The fifth need is as a result of knowing yourself, knowing yourself as a spontaneous creator. That, you know, in every moment you're creating experience, therefore you're creating the world. That would be the fifth need, creative expression. The sixth need would be archetypal, higher response, higher consciousness. And the seventh need would be unity consciousness, enlightenment, self-actualization, self-realization. Whatever need you have, it's there in the question, what do I want? So sit quietly and ask yourself, who am I? I've given you some hints. Ask yourself, what do I want in this moment of my life? And don't judge it. 
could be anything, an automobile, a house, a car, a relationship. Just ask yourself and then just be observing any sensations, any images, any feelings, any thoughts that come to you. Because that's all we have is experience. So when you ask yourself, what do I want, then certain sensations, images, feelings, thoughts will come to you. You observe them and you let them go. Because those intentions, which were, shall we say, unmanifest, now part of your manifest experience in that which we call mind. So you have ask yourself, who am I? What do I want? Observe sensations, images, feelings and thoughts. Let them go. In other words, seeding your consciousness with the question, what do I want? What do I want? Let whatever comes in the form of sensations, images, feelings and wants, or sensations, and ask yourself, why? Why do I want this? And again, allow sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts to come to you, and then say, what is the purpose of this? Which is, why do I want this? And what am I grateful for? Because that will open the door to abundance consciousness. So it's a reflection and a letting go. A reflection and a letting go. And then it's a transcendence. Transcendence means reflection, letting go, and just being. Just being. Doing nothing. And then because consciousness is a field of infinite possibilities, infinite synchronicity, it takes those sensations, images, feelings, and thoughts and terms the, turns them, organizing the, organizes them into a construct which becomes a form or a phenomenon. So let's stop with just that one fundamental idea um, of reflection. Not important to know the answers. Ask what you want. Ask who am I. Ask what's the purpose. Ask what is gratitude, what you're grateful for. Don't chase the answers. Live the questions. And life will move you into the answers. You will begin to have synchronicity, which is an inherent property of your being. You will start to experience meaningful coincidences. You will start to be at the right place at the right time. If you're atheist, you'll say, I'm very lucky. If you believe in God, you'll say, God's on my side. Or you might use words like um, spontaneous fulfillment of desire, meaningful coincidences, anything that you want. The words are unimportant. Just say good luck. Good luck is opportunity meeting preparedness. So what is preparedness? It's the knowing that all happens within me as a result of what I put my attention on and how I generate intention in me. And uh, once you start doing that, through these practices, self-reflection, transcendence, getting to the level of being. Level of being means being a silent witness and then slowly unfolding your potential for meaningful existence, which we call the spontaneous fulfillment of desire. So in the next couple of sessions, I will elaborate on these techniques that can take us to self-realization 
and along the way fulfill all the desires we want. Desires cannot be ignored. If you suppress a desire, it becomes stronger and you get stressed. So desires cannot be ignored. They can only be fulfilled or they can be trans transcended, which means you directly go to the source or they can be transformed, transmuted, but they cannot be ignored. What is desire? Desire is an inherent property of consciousness which takes the potential and makes it into what we call the actual. But the potential is the real reality and what we call the actual is the current dream. It doesn't matter. Desire is pure potentiality seeking manifestation. It's an inherent property of consciousness as it moves from the unmanifest to the manifest, from the invisible to the visible, from the non-local into the local, from the spiritual into the material. Don't chase the answers. Live the questions and life will move you into the answers. There are so many layers to unpack here as Deepak weaves in and around the big, big question, which is beyond even, why am I here? The big question is, who am I? The metaphysical details of that topic are beyond the scope of this lesson, but Deepak dives into them in his commune course, The Nature of Reality, in which you will learn how matter, energy, information, and everything that we consider reality, from your next thought to the most distant star, is simply a modified form of yourself. When you understand that you are the universe, you unlock the spontaneous fulfillment of all your desires. It's a philosophical journey that is delicately intangible and yet as deeply practical as your next breath. I encourage you to find it in Commune Membership. And now, to close out this lesson, Danielle Laporte will be giving you a taste of her popular desire mapping technique. Danielle Laporte is a speaker, poet, painter, and the author of The Desire Map, a guide to creating goals with soul. In this lesson, she'll ask you to think about your core desired feelings. Danielle says that your core desired feelings are your most preferred states of being, your emotional goals, so to speak. They should be life-affirming, positive, and expansive. Rather than setting boring goals with numbers or distances or pounds, when you let your life be guided by your core desired feelings, you are naturally pulled in the direction of your highest self. And with that, I give to you Danielle Laporte. All right, this is pure fun now. Not that everything else hasn't been bliss, right? Uh, your core desired feelings, some of which you may already be experiencing in your life, but you want to feel them more often or more deeply in more areas of your life. Some of which you need to give yourself permission to even want. You get to want to feel however you want to feel. So remember that joy, it's actually not a memory, it's a belief. It's a belief. Maybe it's a memory of a belief, but listen, this is what I believe. Joy and peace 
are our natural states. Joy is what we feel when we face our souls, when we face our truth, when we experience our own divinity. The experience can't be anything other than joy. And if that's true, I think it's true, then any positive feeling you want to create more of is absolutely possible daily, deeply, more easily. Negative feelings are just as useful for our growth as positive feelings are. Positive feeling states are a sign that you're in sync, that you're aligned with your soul. Negative feeling states are indicators that we're out of sync with our soul and we're going to get out of sync. We're going to forget about our magnificence and our divinity a hundred times a day. Some people, you know, they might only glimpse their own joy a few times in one lifetime. Some of us will spend the majority of our adult lives in resistance to our soul's beauty and power. Oh, to those people, I just want to say, you've just simply forgotten who you are and it's a temporary situation. So getting off track, feeling the weight of life, it's natural and it's absolutely inevitable and it's useful. Getting off track is essential to our growth. It doesn't matter if you are wiser than the majority or if you are born with a trust fund or if you're a monk. You're going to experience the heavy emotions of doubt and jealousy and vengefulness and a whole range of unpleasant states of being. It's called human. We can be grateful and life is shimmering and lit up and then we're needy and we're greedy and am I finally going to get what I deserve? All right, you just note that and then you choose to get yourself back to gratitude. We're depressed. Depression is a normal response to the oppressive situations that we're in, from high school to poverty and lack of opportunities. All right, breathe, dig even deeper for some gratitude, go deeper into your aliveness, get in sync with your soul. I know it's easier said than done, but enlightenment is like that. Negative emotions are useful. Every emotion felt is valuable. You are growing. The trick is to actually feel your feelings, to be conscious of them, and then fully accept them in that present moment. So judging ourselves for feeling negative things only increases the negativity. It makes it worse. If we're condemning it, we're energizing it. When we remove criticism from our viewpoint, from how we look at ourselves, then we can see where more positive options are waiting for us. And they're always there. They are the true reality, capital reality of love and presence. One of my key theories of desire mapping is that we have the procedures of achievement upside down. So typically we come up with our to-do lists and our bucket lists and our strategic plans. It's all the stuff we want to do and have and get and want and accomplish and experience that's outside of ourselves. All of those aspirations are being driven by an innate desire to feel a certain way. So what if we got clear on how we actually wanted to feel in ourselves and then we designed our to-do lists and set our goals and wrote out our bucket lists. If you need a bucket list, you know, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you look at your schedule for the week, when you get dressed in the morning? when you walk through the door of your workspace? How do you want to feel 
when you pray? How do you want to feel on vacation? How do you want to feel on Sunday night? You know, Sunday night when that anxiety swirls for so many of us. How do you want to feel when you go to sleep tonight? When you commit to someone? How do you want to feel when conflict arises? You get to choose. How do you want to feel when someone disagrees with you? When someone wants to give you their love and attention, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel in your body when you're alone, just being still, when you're heading out into the world? When you behold yourself in the mirror, how do you want to feel? Knowing how you actually want to feel is one of the most potent forms of clarity that you can have. And generating those feelings is how you intentionally create your life. Hmm. All right, go into each of the life areas and just riff. Stream of consciousness is the way to go here. Just ramble, repeat yourself. Do not be concerned with duplicating words in different areas. And a core desired feeling doesn't have to be summed up in just one single word. So for example, turned on could be a core desired feeling or at one with nature, passionately engaged. Anything goes. Get abstract, be specific. You want to feel spicy, electric. You can want to feel that. Do you want to feel 10 different ways of confident? Just go into that. Just write it down. Close your eyes, tune in. Let your wanted feelings flow freely. Do not censor yourself. And also, you don't have to push yourself to come up with a huge number of words just for the sake of variety. Core desired feelings, they are waiting for you in your heart. Deep breath. In you go. You're already there. You were born there. Just, just be there. That brings us to the close of this lesson. Maybe some new insights about your purpose simply sprung to mind as you listen to these teachers. But my guess is you have a lot to reflect on in the coming days or weeks or even months. It can be easy to rationalize or intellectualize your way into a purpose. To think, I should do this or that. Don't should on yourself. Meditate on it. Feel into it. A worthy purpose will come to you. One that feels just right. I wish you luck on that journey and I hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to the seventh and final lesson from our seven-day Commune Wellness Summit titled Setting Intentions and Living Your Purpose. Now, if you enjoy this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you are a regular listener, you have a sense for how much effort we put into this show's creation, and we really do our best to keep ads to a minimum. So if you're looking for a way to support our efforts, the best way is to subscribe to Commune. You'll access more than 100 courses featuring the world's top authors and thought leaders, as well as the full-length Wellness Summit. The membership version of this summit includes yoga, meditation, and breathwork classes paired with each daily lesson. So you can actually embody what you are learning. 
For 14 days of free commune membership, just visit onecommune.com trial. And of course, feel free to reach out to me directly anytime with suggestions and criticism of the constructive variety at jeffk at onecommune.com lastly. And not leastly, I would like to thank the folks that make this show possible week over week, including Jacob Laub, Megan Stone, Violet Augustine, Ruby Foster, Emma Fret, Silvana Alcala, and Ryan Tillotson. That's all from the commune for today. My name is Jeff Krasnow, and I am here for you. Thank you.